Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome, parents, to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. We are doing a uh, Zoom recording today with Chris Corsi. And Chris... You guys are going to love him. Yes. You're going to love what he has to tell you. It's going to rearrange how you interact with your own self, yes. emotions, and with your kids Chris, and with your spouse. Chris is up there in Michigan, <laughs> and he's written about 107 books. He's got he's he's written everything you can think of. All when about, it comes to relationships. Yes, relationships, <gasps> yeah, and joy. The, the topics we love to talk about at Crazy Cool Family, connecting mm -hmm. with your kids and how to help them and how to reach deep into their hearts and help them to uh, love Jesus more and to be able to get back on track and all the love things. Love you that, more. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're going to tell them how to have their kids love them more, right? Oh, yeah. That's all in there. <laughs> so the, the, the main book we're going to talk about is a book called The Joy Switch. And uh, it is a book that is, uh, he just, it just came out this year, right? Yes. Yep. Fresh so, off the press. Yeah. Is that what that's yes, called? Yes, it is. That's right. <laughs> so welcome, Chris. So Thank you. Thank you, your friends. Car, guys, just start clapping. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here with you. I've been very excited about our time. Yeah. And so, Chris, let's just start out. You know, I, I've I read the Joy Switch book and just devoured it. And I, mm -hmm. if you look at my Kindle, it's got all kinds of uh, <laughs> highlights, you know, because I just highlighted so many different phrases in there. But uh, let's just start out by telling parents kind of what the Joy Switch is and get a context. Yes. Well, thank you. So, you know, and I was very excited about the Joy Switch because it's, you know, what it is, it's really an introductory book. We, uh, our ministry focuses on training 19 skills. These are relational skills, but the joy switch is like what we call skill zero, which is learning to really turn on our relational brain. And so our brain, you know, God designed us fearfully and wonderfully. And we now know from interpersonal neurobiology that there is an engine on the right side of our brain and we can call this engine, it's a relational engine, but we call it our relational circuit. And so this, this engine or the circuit really functions as kind of a circuit breaker. So if you plug too many things in the outlets of your home, you might, your power might go out because you blew a fuse and you got to go flip the switch. So in a sense, we have this, this circuit breaker in our brain and it comes on when we're expecting some glad to be together joy. So we, we can learn to recognize, is it on or is it off? And when it's on, we want to be, uh, we want to connect with our family and our friends. We're glad to be with them. We're curious what they're thinking. It's easy to feel some joy and some peace. But when this circuit breaker goes off, we kind of go into problem solving mode. So instead of focusing on relationships, we tend to focus on problems and whatever's wrong. So I kind of forget about my child for that moment. And I'm focused on the chore that he forgot to do. And I'm oh. mad. And so my brain is now in a state, what we call enemy mode. So my son feels like my enemy at the moment because he didn't do what I asked him to do. 
So, so would you say, Chris, that the joy switch good. is kind of an attitude? You know, definitely impacts our attitude. So like when the circuit is on, um, we are able to put ourselves in our family's shoes. We have compassion. Our attitude, we might say, is good. Um, but when the circuit goes off, like turning off the lights in your room, um, what happens is my brain shifts into a very non-relational state. So we'd say, you'd see a bad attitude when I'm in enemy mode. I'm, I'm upset. I'm focused on what's wrong. I've lost my joy and my peace. They flew out the window. And now the people around me probably feel like roadkill a little bit because I'm... <laughs> I am now focused on what you didn't do or whatever was wrong. This could be our family. This could be another driver. This could be, you know, it can be basically anyone this can happen to. So, you know, I was thinking about that um, this week. So I guess a couple of days ago, I came home from work and was um, just frustrated with some things. Um, felt like a little overwhelmed. So some of the things I thought would, you know, I felt like I might need to change some directions. And, uh, and so I call it in that case, kind of being in a fog yeah. because I came home and it just feels like that I, I didn't really, in, in, uh, in reading your book, there were some things that you said that were really clear, like hard to connect with people. Um, feeling like when, you know, you said, don't want to make eye contact, kind of want to avoid people. Is that what you're talking about when I'm kind of switched off? Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. You know, it does kind of feel like a fog. And so this, this circuit's kind of like a dimmer switch. So, you, you know, the lights are starting to dim on this relational circuit. So I could be in a very good mood and I can't wait to see my family. And I walk in the door and something just upsets me. For, it could be it could be a tone of someone's voice. It could be you know the chore that wasn't finished. Whatever it is, um, when that dimmer switch starts to fade, you can almost just feel your brain in a sense shutting down a little. So now I'm I'm getting grumpy. Um, wow. I'm not glad to be with my family. I you know if I look them in the eye, it's so they see how angry I am. <laughs> um, you know I lose my curiosity. I don't feel like being kind when I'm in enemy mode. Um, and so you can, with a little bit of practice, you can just feel like the lights going off, but the good news is with a little practice, we can learn to recognize it and shift, shift some gears, so to speak, so that we can return to relational mode, which in the book I call our relational sweet spot. And that's where yes. good things grow. Yes. That, and that's what I wanted to bring up is that, which was an, almost an anomaly to me because you say that joy is our brain's sweet spot. And I think that as a mom of many, I don't, and I know when my kids were little, I did not walk in joy very sure. often because yeah. to me, it felt like joy didn't get things done. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Anger and frustration motivated better than joy yeah. did. And so that was a new a concept to me that joy is our brain's sweet spot. Yeah. And that's where we want to be. And so moms out there, I just want you to hear that, that you are wired and designed to live and do joy, be joy. And so share with us a little bit about, okay, when I'm not joyful because the chore wasn't done or the tone was set, or there's somebody, you know, sh you know, shot daggers through their eyes at me, how do I revamp that whole situation? Yeah. So that's a great question. And, you know, it really helps to tease out that, you know, happy is circumstantial, joy is relational. So 
I'm happy when it's it's pizza night at, in our house and you know Friday night pizza night. I, I'm happy. I'm excited because there's pizza, there's movies, and it's you know it's it's a good time. But I'm joyful. Joyful is I'm glad to be with my family as we do this. So, you know, joy is when someone walks into the room and you your face lights up to see them. You know, it's your brain. Eyes. That's the other thing yes, you said, that you see it, it in is. your eyes. Oh, you so do. In fact, the muscles of the eyes are what um, the joy center in your brain, the muscles of the eyes actually show the joy. So babies look at mommy's eyes more than anywhere else on mommy's face, it's particularly mommy's left eye because it's connected to the right hemisphere where the joy center lives. So more than anywhere, babies are looking at mommy's eyes to see if mommy's really glad to be with me. So we recognize when we're losing our joy because we just want to make problems or people go away. We just get to that point where we just want to disconnect. We, we're no longer listening to what someone's feeling or what they're saying. We're just like, we see their mouth moving, but our brain is locked onto something else. Um, we're just focused on whatever's upsetting us, or we, we just don't want to be connected to the people we normally enjoy. So for me, that's a really good sign. Oh, my brain's slipping into enemy mode because right now I'm not enjoying my kids. I'm focused on whatever's wrong and odds are they see it and they feel it, but I'm not genuinely glad to be with them. Um, I just want to usually get away when I'm in enemy mode or I feel like arguing, right? Or fighting. It's where a lot of conflicts happen in families. Um, or I more aggressively interrogate, judge or fix people when my brain's in enemy <laughs> mode. Right. So here's the good news. As we recognize that, wow, um, I'm not feeling this glad to be together joy we can pause and get relational. And so in the book, you know, I, I kind of talk about some different options. And one of the options is just, we remember to breathe. Sometimes it's just, you know, when we get stressed, the first thing to go is we forget to breathe. We get the shallow breathing. Um, about three quarters of us, when we pick up our phone, we hold our breath. So it's good. I always encourage people, notice your breathing when you pick up your phone. Are you still you know, are you breathing deeply from your belly or are you like doing the shallow breath? So when we get upset, we do the shallow breathing. So I just encourage people, hey, breathe from your belly, you get more oxygen to your brain. So, but that, can That's I stop good. there for just a second? Because yeah. I remember that in your book, you said that being on your phone, it's a little side note here, but yeah. I mean, being on your phone actually stresses, it was like some kind of statistic, I can't remember what it was, but stresses people out just the ac action of looking at your phone and if your yeah. phone's right by you yes you will think about it even though it's there and so you have some yeah you said sometimes y'all just kind of put your phone away explain that a little more yeah you know what you know they've done a lot of studies with phones and in one study with college kids they had kids who were taking their tests they they turned their phone off they put their phone away but their brain was still thinking about their phone like you know every so many seconds still thinking about my phone so as a family, you know, it's very easy. I would sometimes pick up my phone without even thinking about it. So if it's some special family time, I will try to put my phone away from me so that I'm not picking it up. And I can remember my, my sons when they were younger would see me pick up my phone with, during an interaction. They'll say, Daddy, why are you picking up your phone? Oh, right. uh, wow, he's babes, right. right. Yeah, <laughs> he called my number. Uh, so I've had to let, I have to be very purposeful about, you know, just putting the phone away, 
Um, because when you're, when, a lot of us, basically when we pick up our phone, our brain shifts into enemy mode and we're just trying to fix problems. I got emails I need to take care of. I got wow. whatever it is. And I, and I so, think that's interesting that you talk about how enemy mode is, and it goes back to what you were saying, Suzanne, about how joy should be our normal state. You even say in here, the state, uh, this state of being our best is known as acting like ourselves. We act like ourselves when we say and do things that align with our identity. We reflect who we're meant to be. And that's what you're talking about, being in that joy, in the on position, so to speak. Yes. But I think we associate getting things done with, um, that's good, and I'm in productive mode, but yet in some ways you're calling that enemy mode. So how do we be productive? You know, because yes. there are times we need to get things. I'm an achiever. I want to get things done, yeah. and so and that that can be a good thing because otherwise yeah. things don't get done. Yeah. So, but how do you how do you not be in enemy mode while you're actually getting things done in life? Great question, Don. And when one of the things that um, I, I help people understand is when our brain shifts into enemy mode, we lose the parts of the brain that kind of hold our identity and our character. So enemy mode is just problem solving mode. We lose creativity. I'm not as efficient as I would be um, in relational mode. So in enemy mode, I lose creativity. I can't think outside the box. So um, what I encourage people is when you're actually in relational mode, you will be more productive, more efficient, more creative. Everything is better when your brain's working as God designed it to. But when I go into enemy mode, it's like trying to run a, ra a race with my feet tied together. I mean, I am very limited. I don't have all of my, my resources that God's kind of put in there. And so it's very limited. And so I encourage people um, you know, if I'm, if I'm training, you know, a, a family or a community, I, one of the first skills is learning to recognize this relational circuit. And anytime it goes off, I can predict I'm not going to handle the situation as well as I would if I was in relational mode. And now when I'm in relational mode, it doesn't mean I need to be interacting all the time. My wife and I can be reading books on the couch. And I'm, if I'm in relational mode, I still care about her. And I'm, you know, glad that she's there, but I'm actually focused on my book. But when I go into enemy mode, I might be annoyed that she's breathing too loudly. Like I, <laughs> the amazing, the things that bother us when we're in enemy mode, right? And so in relational mode, I'm a better version of myself. It's, it's kind of like the Ephesians 2.10 um, concept where God created, we're his masterpiece. It's actually his poem. We're his poem, we're his poetry but we're um, created for good works in Christ Jesus. So when we're being who God created us to be, the result will be good. And so in relational mode, we're going to be better reflections of who God made us to be, whether I'm working on my car, whether I'm you know, um, watching movies with my children and my family, whether I'm going for a walk, whether I'm playing with my, my sons, whether we're sitting on the beach, I'm a better version of myself in relational mode. I have compassion. I care about what they're thinking, what they're feeling. That goes out the window when I go into enemy mode. So it does kind of feel like for a lot of people when they learn this, it kind of feels like, but when I'm in enemy mode, I don't have to worry about all of those things with other people. I can just get the job done. And, and that is kind of how it feels, right? Amen. Right? That is kind of how it feels. Like I could just focus just on the one thing. Get out of my way. Come on. Yeah, let me do my job, yes. right? But 
it helps to know in relational mode, you've actually got your whole brain working together and yeah. you're going to have your creativity. You're going to be able to calm down when you start to get stressed out. You're going to better navigate whatever terrain you're navigating. It just takes a little bit of practice for our brain to learn that because it learns so by habit. That's I'm good. trying to get this to, and I, you know, I think it's so valuable to try to help different personality types. You know, you got doers versus relational people. You got introverts Martha versus extroverts. Mary. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, so help our parents and, and also how they see this in their kids, um, because it's so similar. I mean, our kids are just little versions of their little people. So mm -hmm. what are some characteristics of when you're in on mode? versus off mode and even in the off mode you talked about two off modes one of them being shutdown mode i don't want to i'm just i'm depressed i don't want to do anything or the other one might be more of a manipulative manipulative mode yeah. where you start to try to use negative tactics to try to get what you want yeah you know what this is really helpful so the when we think of enemy mode we tend to think of what we call simple enemy mode which is just when I go offline, it's clear. Like people who know me know, wow, Corsi is not online. Um, it's clear that he's in enemy mode. I'm just saying and doing things that don't reflect my heart or my character. Uh, maybe I'm shut down. I'm just, I don't wanna be around people. I don't wanna talk or I'm in high energy. I'm just reacting. So I'm just saying and doing things that's, wow, he's really, really offline. So that's just the obvious version. Simple enemy mode It's just, I'm just flailing about, I'm drowning, I'm taking in water. Um, there's a smart enemy mode, which is where all, most of the brain on the right side is working together except the bonding center. So what this means is I, I look like I care, I act like I care, I seem like a nice guy, but the whole time I'm tracking you for, for something that I want. So this is where we get, you know, it's kind of a bad reputation that used car salesmen have. I know, I know used car salesmen, they're not all like this. They're just really good guys. Or politicians. Yeah. yeah, or politicians, exactly. <laughs> we tend to think of them as in the smart enemy mode. So they seem caring. They're telling us what we want to hear. But the whole time they want our vote. They want our money. They want something from us. Um, in the book, I give an example of when I wanted a bike. I wanted a certain bike for yes, Christmas. And I was just, you know, trying to do my chores ahead of time. I was trying, you know, I was basically trying to get what I want by being the perfect son. <laughs> so, and um, I remember you said it worked. It did actually. Because yeah. <laughs> I think did. that's what we do. The reason I bring that up is is uh, because sometimes it works. And yes. so therefore we get our behavior. It gets reinforced. Yes, yes it gets yes, more. That's right. Sometimes anger gets reinforced. Yes. Because when I look in my kid that way and I tell I will get the short-term benefit. And yes. we talk to our parents a lot about that. You're getting short-term benefits, but you're going to lose in the long-term yes. because you're going to alienate that child. So, oh, yeah. and, and also let's relate it to the kids. When you see, how do you look to see your kid in off mode? And, and then maybe, you know, uh, I want to go deeper into it in, in a little bit into how yep. we specifically do it. But in general, how do you talk them back into yeah, on mode? Yeah, that's what we want to, I want to spend time with that. Too. Yes. Yeah. So this is a very important question um, because all of us as parents, we know there's times when our children are just not in the state that's going to help 
you know, that's going to be able to navigate that situation well. In fact, some parents would probably say that their kids are never in the on state, you know? Yeah, rarely, I hear that. Rarely, in yep. the, especially when they're yep. about two or three years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what I'd say in the book is the worst conditions for my brain to process and navigate whatever I'm dealing with is when I feel alone. The moment I feel alone, that creates the toughest conditions for me to navigate my upset, my feelings, my pain, huh. my emotions, whatever it is. So feeling alone, bad. So I love how the Bible tells us the Psalms that even in the valley of the shadow of death, God is there. He is, he is with us. So as parents, we know um, anything that anytime our child feels alone in their feelings or alone in their mess, whatever it is, or alone in their struggle, that those are tough conditions for, for the child to navigate that. So one of the ways we help children um, feel seen would be just to validate what they're feeling. So I call validation, we say what we see. So let's say my son didn't do a chore. And I'm mad, I'm mad he didn't do the chore. And we're going to talk about consequences. But first, I see that he's melting down. So what I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that as an opportunity to try to teach because he's in enemy mode. <laughs> so what I would do is I would validate, I'd say, I see that you're really upset right now. You've got some big feelings here, don't you? So I'm just validating. I'm saying what, you know, what I see helps him feel seen. Now, he's still going to have to do the chore, but <laughs> right, you know, right. he's still going to do the chore, but I'm helping him get back online in a sense. So, okay, you're really upset here. What do you need when you feel this upset? Can I get you a glass of water while you start doing your chores? <laughs> right. Could you, would you like me to play some some music while you while you do your chores? So it's validate, and then we comfort. And comfort is just what's good in the midst of this hard stuff. So what's good in the midst of this? And wouldn't you, know, you say that a lot of parents, good. when that happens, start to yell, start, and they create mm -hmm. more aloneness, yes. which yeah. is then going to put that kid further. You know, we talk about parents. Yeah. You you create your own culture, yes. you know, in the home. And so what you're talking about is, is changing that culture, changing that environment your child is in so that it makes yeah. them more receptive. You know, and you said it well, what, what happens is we tend to turn up the volume. So it's like, okay, you're not listening. Well, I'm going to turn it up. So you will listen. And I, my wife and I often will catch ourselves because our, fa our family didn't have some of these skills. Right. So we learned a lot of unhelpful stuff. Right. That, you know, we've had to correct and we still make mistakes. And I always tell parents, look, you're going to mess up. But the key is to repair when you do mess up. Get good at repairing because you are going to mess it up. But we find that, yeah, turning up the volume isn't satisfying. It doesn't doesn't actually help the situation. So we help our children feel seen, heard and understood. They still need to do the chore. And as my children have gotten older, you know, we'll talk about consequences after everything's done. So I'm not, I don't even talk to them when they're in enemy mode. Like, you know what, you're in enemy mode or I'm in enemy mode. We're not going to talk about this. I'll talk to you after the chore's done and we'll get relational and have our discussion. Because sometimes we try to like talk in that moment or teach with their in enemy mode. There's no redemptive value that's going to come up in those conditions. So helping them get relational, they still have to do whatever it is you're trying to help them do. But then afterwards, we would talk about, okay, you know what, we're going to talk about consequences. 
but I will not care. I will not like have conversations with my sons when one of us is in enemy mode. I'll use, if it's them, I'll just say, you know, buddy, I see you're really upset still. Let's take a few minutes and get relational and let's try this conversation then. Or if I'm in enemy mode, so you know what, daddy is still offline. Uh, this isn't going to be satisfying if we have this talk when I'm in yeah. enemy mode. Let's, sure. let's come back in a few minutes and have this conversation. And anytime we, we lose our relational footing, we just pause for a moment. Now, these are skills we've practiced. So this is, this is just kind of a pattern now. When, um, when, we, when our kids were younger, we would help them get relational again when they were little. So it might be sitting with them when they need a little quiet just to help them be able to calm down. Um, when children are younger, our words don't quite have the same weight, but our face, our voice, our mannerisms, our body. So the relational brain, the emotional brain is actually nonverbal. Right. So it's your tone, it's your face, it's your, your gestures, your movements. So it's like you can tell by one glance, usually what someone in your family's feeling, or you can tell by the tone of their voice, right? You know, if it's been a good day or a hard day. Um, and so we learn, you know, if I'm wanting to build joy with my children, I learn to live in my face and, sh and show what I'm feeling. Like, daddy's really glad to see you. I missed you today. Wow. And again, this wasn't how I grew up. So my wife and I have had to kind of work in this garden and learn, learn some of these things until they feel more natural. At first, it kind of feels like you're forcing it because these aren't natural skills for a lot of us. But the good news is with a little bit of practice, um, this will start to feel natural. And as a parent, our job is just do our best to stay relational, acting like the people God created us to be. Part of that would mean we stay relational with our family. And when we don't, we just get relation. We, we take care of ourselves to get relational again. Um, I think a lot of us parents, we feel like we have to force it. Mm -hmm. I have to force this because I'm mad and you need to listen. Mm -hmm. They're not going to listen. A couple of things that really come out there for me. One of them is, is that parents, we can learn these oh, yeah. skills. I mean, yeah, you, if you, our, we weren't parented that way. Doesn't mean, yeah. yeah. Or even That's if our, right. you know, our personality isn't, you know, like I was, I have become a much more encouraging parent mm -hmm. over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, but it, and, and it just, it's one little step at a time. You just keep practicing these things. They mm -hmm. don't come easy, but they yeah. do, they do come. And yeah. I think that's, um, that's so encouraging. The other thing that's really interesting to me, and it just is super helpful, it's uh, super inspiring to me, mm -hmm. is that science backs up what God says. Yes. <laughs> that God says relationships are important. God yeah. says have joy, that that should yeah. be your state of being. And yeah. then science comes back and says, you know, by the way, we studied the brain and we figured <laughs> this out. It's like, yes. really? Oh, that's cool. Because oh, yeah. because that's what God has said all along, that we are made to be in a state of joy. Yes. And we are connected with God when we are on, when, we, when the switch is on, and that should be our state of being. And another thing we tell parents, yeah. I think is so important is that we tend to think that this irritated mode is just our norm. Yes. But it needs to be this red flag that says, yeah. wow. And that's what you're saying in the switches is, I'm in, in, and you brought a terminology to it mm -hmm. is, and I want to relate it back to the kids here with a question mm -hmm. for you. I'm in off mode. I need to be in on mode. I need to do yeah. something. And you've even said that with your kids, y'all have some code words that you use, explain. I love that practical way. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Let's a, go into some practicals. Yeah. On yes. 
I love yes. it. it just made me think about when you were saying that it's all about the face. Um, I remember when I had a bunch of little kids, I felt like I frowned all day long. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things I did is that every time I walked past a mirror, mm. I would smile at myself, mm. basically well, to neat. train my face to yes. smile at those little people that yeah. were around me, even though I wasn't off mode. I didn't know it was off mode at the time. Sure. But they were annoying, the, you know, because they were yeah. high maintenance and needy. And oh, yeah. All of, you know, you bet. And so I think so I would love to go into some practicals, which you one of the things that you said, yeah. I want to just bring that to attention again, parents is pay attention to your facial mm -hmm. expressions, your yeah. eyes are talking to mm -hmm. them, your tone of voice is talking to yeah. them, your smile is talking to them, a smile goes such a long way. That's so yes. good. But what are some yeah. other things? How do we go from enemy mode, which I feel like is so easy to go into? And how do we switch it to joy mode, which I don't know that it's harder necessarily. Yeah. It just seems a little more um, out of reach with the con the circumstances of life. Yes. And I, I love your example because, you know, research has showed that if we if we practice smiling, people's moods get better. So if I actually <laughs> yeah. practice smiling, my mood will improve. Hey, I like it when my wife smiles at me. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I get that, you know, versus the frown. Yes. I'll take it anytime. Yes. And and that's what I love about, you know, what what we now learn about how God wired the brain is um, when infants see joy on a face, it's euphoric. So what that means is um it, they, they feel the high of all highs. It's euphoric. There's dopamine. It just feels really good. They feel a reward in their nervous system. Wow. What that means is I learn when you light up to see me, I, my brain learns there must be something good about me because your face is now a mirror for me. Right. right. That so, mirroring ion or whatever it is. Yeah. The mirror neurons. neurons. Um, yeah. It just, yeah. Every time someone sees a face light up, that tells the brain there must be something good about me because you're you're glad to be with me right. so it's very life-giving for children it's it's very a very powerful force but yeah so in the book we we wanted to come up with the language when our sons were younger um of noticing when we kind of go we call relational circuits rcs so when rcs are off RCs. how do we navigate that as a family so um we were talking about it one day with my sons and we had the idea of using code words for you know when someone goes rc's off or in enemy mode we use code words as a gentle reminder to you know have a moment take a breather and get relational again and so the way that we came up with those code words were each of our favorite fruit so you know, one son was strawberries, one son was blueberries, my wife was peaches and I was apples. And so anytime you heard, if, if I'm getting offline, let's say, and it's clear dad's going into enemy mode, I would hear daddy apple pie. And <laughs> apple is the reminder for me to just yeah, take a moment, catch my breath, let's, you know, get relational again. And sometimes it's just that little pause Sometimes it's thinking about God's gifts. You know, there's lots of ways we can get relational again. Um, but we were helping one another to recognize, hey, it looks like you're losing your, your peace. You're, you're losing your relational circuits. Let's get relational. One, one son is very high energy. So usually when he starts amping up, he's probably going to get in trouble. Just something, he's going to do something. <laughs> so we, we would say, hey, buddy, strawberry milkshake. And the moment he heard strawberry, he would stop and he'd take a breather. 
Um, and there were times I would forget about our code words and I would just tell him, hey, buddy, it looks like you need a breather. You're getting hyper, blah, blah, blah. Like I would sit there and talk to him and he wouldn't do anything. He just kind of look at me, but my wife would hear it and she'd say, you know, Matthew Strawberry. It was amazing. Like they, it was like Pavlov's dog. They just, the we all knew. Right there, exactly. You know, hearing the cue was a very gentle reminder. Or if they heard my wife and I slipping in enemy mode in a conversation, they could say, mommy and daddy, peaches and apples. You know, it's a pretty humbling when your children can, can remind you like, hey, you're, you're slipping here. Let's, let's get relational again. So it helps for families to have a language as well as learn what helps get people into relational mode. One son, humor helps him. So if we're silly, humor helps him start laughing and he immediately gets relational again. Humor doesn't work with my other son. It would keep him in enemy mode. He would just get mad. Right, oh, that's right. That's so good you know? to know. So, oh, I love that. Yeah. The secret code. I mean, I, all kids love a secret code. Yeah. To, and then also to be able to be to basically to call mom and dad out, you know, yes. in, a, in a respectful, honoring oh, yeah. way. But still, yes. I think so many times kids don't feel like they have the the yeah. power, if you will, yeah. to switch right. mom and dad. And they're, I mean, yeah. our kids don't want us in the off mode. They don't want us well, yeah. non-relational. They, they, like they want us in our sweet spot, our best selves they do. all the time. And yeah. so you, with that, you've literally equipped your kids to speak into your life without it being threatening because so many parents... Yes. That's well, good. and, and yes. we don't want that for ourselves either. Yeah, you know, we 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 don't want to be grouches. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, but it happens. Yeah. But we, a lot. but we don't want yeah. to be told we're being grouches. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. We don't like you it. No, that's what I was wondering. Did you ever get? <laughs> yeah. When they said that, hey, Dad, apple pie. Like, hey, dude, I'll apple your pie. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, oh, all yeah. of a sudden. You, I mean, yeah, does, when, does that when word you're in, ever go, does it never backfire? It, I guess. it does. It's funny because my wife would often say, if Jen was on, here's what she would say. Like, there's times where she's in enemy mode and she doesn't want to get relational. <laughs> Amen, sister. Like, I love you, I Jen. I don't relational. even know you. Yeah. She's like, honey, I don't care that my relational circuits are off. So that's where I- want I, you to all leave me alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I recognize, okay, I'm not going to, you know, so I've tried suggesting it, honey, I'll talk to you when you get your relational circuits back on. Oh no, that does not work. That, <laughs> no way. So I might say, that's honey, why don't that's we take a female? A yeah. Oh yeah. I've learned the hard way. So yeah. Um, I'll, we just might say, honey, you know, why don't we take a moment to catch our breath and let's let's talk in a few minutes. And and that usually like let's give us. We just need a moment. We're getting upset, you know, because we both have done this long enough to know we don't like the roadkill that happens when we're in enemy mode. Like we don't like how our family feels when one of us is in enemy mode. Um, so the, the words, the reminders are very gentle. Um, and it, it does, as you said, it helps our children have this language. So now they notice even interacting with their friends, they know friends don't know what relational circuits are, but they know, okay, someone's in enemy mode here's what's going to help. Here's what's not going to help. So it's like, as we practice this as a family, it's also preparing them to interact with the world. How do we, how do we navigate the world? And the best thing we can do is for us to stay in relational mode. So even right. if everybody's in enemy mode around me, the best thing for me is to get, you know, put on the oxygen mask as they tell us on airplanes, put the oxygen mask on when there's turbulence, we get relational 
that helps us navigate. And I love that. You know, one of the things we tell our parents all the time is the best thing you can do for your family is to present them the healthiest version of you.